Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. So now we go over to Shadow's room, where she and Void are preparing for bed. Once the room calmed down after Brock's attempts to catch the butterfly, the two settled in for their prayers and meditations. We'll pick up as they are readying themselves to go to sleep. Yes. And Shadow is very, very methodical in her preparations for bed. How about you methodically tell me how methodical she is? Well, when she first gets in her room in the evening, she takes off her armor and equipment and she uses her magic to clean it and put it nice and neatly in its correct place next to the chest. And then after her prayers and meditations, when she goes to get ready for bed, she like undresses herself. She uses her magic to clean herself. She puts on her nightgown and then she sits on the floor and cleans each piece of clothing she's worn that day and folds it and puts it away properly in the trunk. She's she's very orderly about that kind of thing. How strange for the follower of a chaotic good God. Yes, but she spent her entire life living shoulder to shoulder with her brother. Very good at cleaning up after herself and such. She was always concerned with making things more difficult for him. And she was also just very much emulating her big brother. Of course, she didn't always have magic. This is, you know, the magic just makes it easier. Right. After everything settles down and you're done with your cleaning, uh, Void pipes up and he's like, So, this is the first time we've been alone in a while, you know. Truth's worst nightmare. <laughs> yes, well, do not concern yourself too much. I am sure um, wherever he is, he is his big brother since he's a tingle. If you mean that vein that pops up in the in the front of his head that mm, threatens to burst at the mere sight of me, yes. I'm sure it is. I do not think it is uh, anything uh, too personal. You just, uh, you were too close to me. That's personal because it's directed at me. Okay, it is personal as in nobody's person is supposed to be too close to me. I feel like he's going to have a hard time with that right now. Yes, he is too far away to babysit. What is she? You almost sound like you don't miss him. I do miss him. I miss him a lot. I said almost. I just don't necessarily miss him telling me, No, Nisa, 
don't sit with him. No, and he said, don't talk to him. It gets annoying. Well, at least he asks you politely. Because he is my brother. He loves me. Is he mean to you? No, he's not mean. He can be a right pain in the ass, but he's not mean. Do not let him be mean, okay? I don't let him anything. He does what he wants. Well, yes, he always does what he wants. He always has since he's little boy. Oh, you mean since yesterday? No, he is grown. He is two years older than me. Sometimes, uh, or some people would say it's a state of mind. He is just protective. That is all. He's taken care of me for a long time. How are you doing? It's been a while. I am better now that you and Freedom are here. It, it is lonely being away from home. You seem to be doing all right. You have some decent friends. I do not know them very well. They are nice people, but I do not know them very well. So I do not know how long they stay around. Well, so far they seem to be decent people, if nothing else. Yes, they are good people. They have their issues, but I guess we all have them, yes. Yes, I don't think we would be people without issues. I do not think uh, they understand the uh, full um, magnitude of what goes on now. How so? Well, they understand the world is in trouble, but um, I do not think their gods tell them um, so much what the threat is. They do not know about these things. And they seem like they do not even really know their guts. Uh, Mr. Leonard, he tries to learn. He is uh, curious about the Desna. The other two, not so much. And you would think if uh, God say, Hello, I am God and I need your help. You might want to know something about the God. But they do not seem so um, concerned with that. And it's like they have very little um, reverence for the most part. And I am not used to being around so many people like that. Because even the people I know that they're not uh, real devoted to a god necessarily are usually still devoted to something uh, bigger than themselves. You think them selfish, perhaps? I think them uh, short-sighted, maybe, uh, limited in their sight, because are limited in their understanding. But our lady, she does not talk about these sports to other people, and she keeps many secrets about them, so I do not think I am supposed to say much. That is fair. And then I do not... Um, I do not know that they are so smart about things when it comes to stuff not of a material plane. To be fair, I don't think any of them are from an area that borders another plane or 
do any of them appear to be wizards. Uh, so it would not be high in my expectations that they would know much about other planes. No, but you would think that that would make them more cautious, not uh, not less. So, mm, bravery and foolhardiness are fast friends. But they have uh, this uh, stalker bean thing, and and uh, a beanstalk. No, no, it is a entity that is not from here, and it stalks them and watches them and talks to them, and they do not seem to like him so much. But uh, that does not stop them from interacting with him. And then Mr. Morham says he has dreams that uh, are of other beings, and then he hears the voices in his head. And uh, Mr. Gothrush, he, he has interaction with something that uh, gives him silver fires, and I don't know. I just overhear little bits. They do not tell me about such things. It sounds like there might be a bunch of lunatics, then. I do not think they're crazy. I think this world is in is very bad danger, and that uh, makes people desperate, and these entities, they know this, and they take advantage. And I think that, uh, that these people, are, they have good intentions, but they are not uh, so smart about such things. Many other beings are far older than most mortal and been playing this game much longer well i do not want them they are dangerous so dangerous come on do it again <laughs> no i not talk to other beings if if it is if it is not necessary that's fair but with all this though one has to consider the possibility that it may be required at some point. But that does not mean I have to believe what they tell me or do what they ask me. Of course not. But my understanding of your mission places you at quite a, uh, and quite a intersection with powerful beings. Well, the only one I care about really is, is, uh, is Our Lady. And the rest of them, they can go jump off a cliff. <laughs> well, Our Lady does have allies <laughs> that may not want to jump off a cliff. Well, that is fine. But I, I trust her word, not the, the word of these things that just show up and say, Hey, look at me. Well, I guess I'll just leave that. You are not an entity, you're a void, you stay. Am, am I not, though? I'm here and I am a thinking thing. Don't be like that because then I will cry. I'm just kidding. You have to stay because you are my best friend and I love you. Well, I guess I have no choice. Good. Besides, I sleep better at night if you are here. Yeah. I suppose a good night's sleep would do you some good then. Yes, and Freedom is not here tonight, so tonight I cuddle. 
<laughs> All right. You know you do not breathe when you sleep. Do I not? No. Hmm. Um, I assume I seem quite dead then. Well, maybe to other people, but I see it all the time. He appears a little perplexed, as if ruminating over this information. You did not know this? No. I knew that I didn't have to. I didn't know that I didn't. Not when you sleep. Hmm. Interesting. But it is okay. I'm used to it. Well, I have not kin and woke you up many times. So I catch on pretty quick. So you were trying to make sure I wasn't dead all those times? No. Well, the first time, maybe. I know I come to see you, but then I was a little worried. Yes, but then, I, like I say, I catch on pretty quick. But no, that is not why I come to wake you up. I come to wake you up because if I come over and visit in the middle of the night, then nobody comes in the room and says, Nisa, you're not supposed to be in here. You need to leave. Yes, well, nobody yet. And I think there would be one person that would do that. Oh, who could that possibly be? Old man Jenkins? Hmm. No, probably truth. Yeah, probably. Old man Jenkins doesn't care about anything but banana pudding. Yeah, but truth is not here, so he cannot come in and visit me. There is nobody to rescue you tonight. How dare I feel threatened. Hmm. I am a very scary person. Yes. So tall and terrifying. Oh, yes. It is a wonder you want to even be friends with me. <laughs> yes, it, it's so crushing to my ego to have to look up at you when I speak. Because mm -hmm. that happens so often, like when you were sitting on the floor. <laughs> I think then we're probably closer to eye to eye. I'm not quite that short. I don't know. You seem a little shorter than the last time we met. I am not. Mm, I don't know about that. Perhaps all this weight on your shoulders is causing no. you to shrink. No. I am not get shorter. I have a good eye. And... Oh. And they're full of shit. Oh, can you smell it? Thought I sealed that away. You like... The fact that I am little, because it means you can pick on me easier. That's not fair. Is it not? Not at all. You say you do not like to pick on me? I'm saying it has nothing to do with your size. No, it does size just give you something else to tease me about. That doesn't make it easier. Am I quite so flawed that you could find so many things? Aren't we all? Maybe. Some of us are closer to perfect than others. And is it not you that constantly berates that, uh, Riley, about his, uh, talking? I only get to do that because I talk as much as he does. Yes. I see the little twinge in his eyes every time you mention it. Hmm. Well, 
It is the first time I have really been out in the world with other people who are not quite, and I am enjoying being able to talk. Heretic. I know. Are you going to burn me? No. Okay. I might roast you, though. Ah, use lemon pepper. They say you should put it on everything. Lemon pepper. They were eating it on their pancakes. That seems ridiculous. Yes, but that is what they do. So, if you cook me, you must use the lemon pepper. I was speaking of a metaphorical roasting, but noted. (laughs) But what about you? Have you been okay? I've been fine. But you have missed me terribly? Oh, I'm sorry. I've been wasting away. Uh, Every moment of every day, I've been shriveling just a little bit more. Don't say that. Yes, I've... I've been quite alright. I've had a strange occurrence, which I believe may have something to do with you. What happened? Well, I got a scar. What? Where? I got a scar. Look, Where? And he'll pull off his sh- shirt. I like... He, like, flexes comically at you. Like, <laughs> But then he'll, like, point out uh, the scar on his chest. And that doesn't quite match my skin tone, now does it? No, it does not. <sighs> I did this. I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? I did not know that there would be leaving marks on you. Oh, I'm sorry. Just... Should it should it be further to the left? Did you want a nipple? No, I. It was not like that. But I did not know it was going do anything to you, okay? So I... I've got a patch of darker skin. It doesn't matter much to me. Okay. But you are not mad? No. Okay. Why are you so upset? Well, I did not know I was going, going to be putting marks on you and stuff, and I do not want you to be mad at me. Well, I'm not mad mm. at you, but might I inquire as to why? Or what? It, it was our lady. And she was helping me. Helping you what? It's a long story. Is it a secret long story? It is not secret. I don't guess it is. I don't guess nobody knows the story, but it is not secret. It is just, it is just long story. And is it something I, you don't want to share? Well, I can tell you, but you have to say you will not be mad at me. I'm going to be furious, absolutely flabbergastingly, batshit insane. But I don't want you to be mad at me. Shadow, I am not want the people to leave me. I am not going to be mad at you. I was being facetious. Okay. But you cannot get mad and leave. I cross the scar and hope to die as it's an appropriate location. Okay. I guess. Just sit down, it is long story. I'm 
sitting. I told you we were already at. I, I, he sits, he sits down, smirking. She'll sit down beside him, but like she's like staring at the floor. And the floor stares back at you. She don't care. All the eyes. Okay. So many. So. There was this time, a long time ago, I was a little girl, okay? Mm-hmm. And Mama died. Mm-hmm. And we had to move to China. And Papa, he was only home one, two days at the very week. Because he has to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And he come home one evening. And he's sitting in his chair. And uh, Truth and I were in the floor. Grayson was reading me a story I was supposed to listen to. And I did not listen. I was watching Papa. Because it is, he was not, I don't know how to say. Because um, it was like he's not there. He's there, but he's not there. Do you know what that means? Mm-hmm. Okay, and he's like this all the time now. And used to, he laugh a lot, and he smile a lot, and he play games, and he does not do this no more. And I was just a little girl, so I did not understand, you know? Because Grayson and I, we were sad that Mama was gone, and we missed her, but we could still play games, you know? Mm-hmm. And stuff, so I did not understand that Papa, he could not do that no more. And so I look at him and it makes me sad. And and so I go and I crawl up in his lap. And I say to him, I say, Papa, why you not smile no more? Did Nisa make you sad? Nisa make you unhappy? And he hugs me real tight. And he tells me, no, no, little nightingale, you never make me unhappy. But when we lost her mama, I did not just lose my wife. I lost everything that was good about me. And she was my smile and she was my laughter. And now I do not remember how to smile or how to laugh. And I did not know what it meant really. Like, I mean, kind of, but you know how little kids are. I do not really know. But I could feel that it was very important, very significant, yes? Mm-hmm. So I say that I make promise that when I grow up, I will be smile and I will not ever leave. And so I thought, I thought that would be something important. But then you know how children are. Something is very, very important one moment, and then the next moment they forget. Yes. Yeah. So I do not think about this. I do not remember this. And I just go on with life, and eventually we get older, um, and then Papa died. And so Grayson and I have to go to temple. And then Grayson, he leaves me. And I am all alone. And I do not, I do not know how to say it. It is like everything is pain. And 
nothing else is is okay because everything is is, is sad and everything hurts and I am all alone. And so I did not I did not really care about anything and but I I was supposed to work with you in Shadow. Do you remember I worked with you in Shadow? Mm-hmm. And so that was the only time I do not think about the pain. The only time I do not think about being alone is when I am working because then my mind works on other things, yes? Mm-hmm. And so I liked working with you. And yeah, but it's, it's hard to explain um, because I work with Devorit and He's there all the time and he talks and he teaches things and and we write the papers and the classes. But the whole time I see this little, it is like a very bright speck in the darkness, you know? And it is Ezra and he is there and I can see him. And at first he, he confused me because nobody else see and I do not know why they do not see what I see. And all I can think is maybe because the, the peoples, they're afraid of darkness. They do not want to look into the void. And if they do not look, they cannot see what is hidden there. But I can see. And it is uh, intriguing. Is that? Yes. And then, but then it was like, I do not know. I did not want to do still exist and I was sad and then one day I was sitting across the desk and you were telling me something I'm supposed to listen to and instead I was looking and next thing I know I said there is no void there is Ezra and he smiles and all of a sudden I remember that I am supposed to be keeping promise. And that these promise is too important to be forgotten. And I realized that I have to keep promise both to Nisa, but also to Ezra, because if I am only one who can see him, I am only one who can see him smile. And so then I decide that the, I cannot make him smile if I am not uh, uh, really living and learning to be happy too. So then I try very hard to make Ezra smile from then on. So it was easy at first to keep promise because I go to grandmama's and sometimes I go on little missions with Ruth but there's never any real danger, so I always know I come back. So it is not hard promise to keep. But then one day, you know, silence says, you are going to have to go on mission with that brother. And I think this will be okay because this must mean someone is going to get marked. And void always goes with shadow when shadow gets marked. So I did not worry. But then all of a sudden, I was not here no more. And I was with Orlene. And 
she tells me all these things and gives me this big mission. And in the moment, I am not so, so uh, what are uh, other things? Because up there uh, with her, it was like nothing could be wrong because she was right beside me. But then I get put back here and I get back here and I am alone because nobody wants to work with Kayal and go to Shadow Plane. And I am by myself and I am scared. And I get to the room for the first time. And all I can think is I am breaking promise. And I cannot break promise because promise is all that is good that is left of Nisa. And so I go to the the shrine and I start crying and begging and praying and I ask her to help me keep to my promise and I do not know if she is hearing me or not and I I finally I tell her I say look just take the heart from her just just cut it out and put it next to Ed and then no matter what happens to me he is not alone and I will be with him always across all the lifetimes and all the planes and everything until my soul no longer exists. And he will never lose his smile. He will not forget. And then I cried myself to sleep and I do not know if she listened to it or not. So then I wake up next morning and I go to get dressed and I see that there is scar on my chest. And when I see Scar, then I know that she listened, that she heard, and that she helped me. And I probably should not have been surprised because she is goddess of people who are separated from each other. So, but it was, it made me very happy and then I was okay and then I not worry so much about it. Okay? Thank you. You do not have to see things, you No, I don't, but I did. It is promise and must always keep one's promise. But you want it to. Yes, because you have to smile. It makes me sad when you do not smile. Well, I think it would get old if I smiled all the time. Well, maybe, but... I do not want you to forget, so you cannot forget now, because no matter what happens to me, I will be there. I do hope you're not aiming at anything happening to you. No. Uh, It's dangerous. Seems like the help you have on this is adequate, at least. Maybe. I do not know. It does not matter. Does it not? No. Why is that? Because I am going to kill a dragon and get his blood and then I will not need nobody else's help. Say what? Okay. You know the grandmama? Of course. Okay. So she is the sheikh. The violet kind, but she is she. Mm-hmm. So I am half she. Mm-hmm. So 
she do this thing where she makes more grandmamas. But they are not really her, okay? Okay. And if I get the blood of the dragon and take it to her, there can be a ritual, and then I can make more of me that are not really me. But they kind of are, and they can help me when I have to fight. Well, it sounds like you might have more help on your hands than you know what to do with. Well, I have to be prepared, you see, because if I'm not, then I could be in big trouble when everyone leaves. If. No, not if. I think if. That is not how it is. Well, I have a great deal of hope that you're wrong. It is. It is just the way that the, that the life is for me. Everybody leaves. Some of them have choice, some of them do not. But they all leave even when they say they will not. Things do happen, but I don't think that the past dictates the future. But it is what always happens. That is just the way it is. Until the cycle breaks. If my own brother cannot stay with me, why should anybody else be able to? Who's to say? He was supposed to stay with me. And he said he would not ever leave. And then he got mad and walked out. And he did not come back. I had something to do with that. Not really. You were teaching a class. That is all you were doing. You were doing what you were supposed to do. I don't think one person should color your view of everyone. But it's not one person, is it? Death happens. It's unfortunate, but it does. I know that. But that is kind of point. Some people choose it. Like Grayson did. And some people have no choice. Like Mama and Papa. But everybody leaves. So far. So it only makes sense for me to be prepared. And I hope your preparations are for nothing. Because these people do not really know me. They have only traveled with me because they kind of old grandmama. We'll see. By the way, my scar is better than yours. It glows. <laughs> yes, well, mine heals with negative energy. <laughs> Your scar heals? Well, not like away, but if it gets cut, I imagine. Yes, well, I glow. I am purple and it is pretty. It's because your blood glows. I know. It is neat. That is what happens when you are mud. Well, I suppose then mine is more unique because I have a piece of half violet skin that doesn't glow. <laughs> you do not need to glow. You are pretty enough. That would be the dead part, I think. It is funny to listen to some of them cross. Have you heard them? Of course I have. 
it is surprising they learn a damn thing from you. No amount of their fictions help to educate them either. No, but they make for an entertaining read. You do love a classy book. Mm, yes, the more class, the better. I mean, the more smut, the better. Um, same thing. <laughs> Depends on your purview, I suppose. And what do you read? I don't read much at all. Not anymore. Yes, because you are ancient. You have probably read everything. I'm not ancient. Please. You're, you're getting cold. I'm older than a bunch of you. Freedom's still older than me. Not but too much, is he? By a fair enough amount, yes. It is hard to tell. He was an adult when I was a child. It is hard to tell. They they just do not get old or something. I don't know. That is true. Don't think I've ever seen an elderly elf. Hmm. So if you need uh, more ammunition to pick on Grayson with, you can call him old. I'd call him old man all the time. I don't really have room to talk there. Uh, for he is almost or he is thirty. He is almost thirty-one. Yes, well, I'm a hundred and. Yes, I know you're about a hundred years older than him. A hundred and something, thereabouts, by estimation. But you grew much slower than him. Yeah. I don't know. I think I would like to go back in time and see the little Ezra. Why? He's an asshole. Uh, I bet he was a cute little boy. He was a grim little turd. <laughs> Could not be that bad. He was very sad. Why he's sad? Because he stayed young. Everyone moved on. Because he'd seen... 14 different members of the Silent Seven because he doesn't know about his mother or why she abandoned him. She did not. He was an orphan. She did not ab- she did not abandon him, no. She died. How do you know that? Because she is in the Chronicles. She was friends with the, the Shadow, not the one before me. Or the one before that, maybe? Or the one before that? It is hard to remember exactly. No. I don't suppose it matters now. I think it does. She sent you to Temple because she loved you. And she said if she won, if she died, that you needed to be there so that Freedom in Shadow could look after you. She did not want you to be all alone. So what did happen? Well, she was a uh, moon touch. Um, you know what that means? No. Okay. She a K.O.L., but her skin is white instead of like ours. And her eyes, instead of being bright, bright yellow, they are very, very pale. It is like somebody washed color out of her. Like a bleached gnome? Not exactly, but... 
don't know how to say. You've seen persons that don't have no color in their skin, in their hair, in their eyes. Ah, uh, yes. That is Montage. So they're albino KL. Yes, if that is what you call them, they is being touched. And so she lived in Chateau Plain for a long time, but then the town get attacked, okay? Because that happens in Chateau Plain. And so she moved to Charna and she has little farm. And her name is Elizabeth with a S, not a Z, okay? And she started little farm, and you know, uh, freedom, not this one, his daddy. He comes yes. and does trade, yes? Mm-hmm. And so he meets her and he sets up trade with her. And from, from then on, uh, him in Seattle go down all the time to visit her. And uh, when they go to town, you know, they visit. Mm-hmm. And then she give everything she does not need to keep for herself to them um, for the temple to have food. And they give her a little bit of money for that. You know how that works. Mm-hmm. So, and this is for a long time. And she had to fall in love with her um, and try to tell her to marry him. But she said no, because she does not want to go live up on top of a mountain. She wants to keep her farm. So, anyway, they're friends for a long time. But then there is this winter when it gets very cold and it snows like for three months. Yeah. And nobody can get anywhere, you know? And freedom and shadow, they cannot get down mountain. And Elizabeth tried to get up mountain, but could not get very far because of snows. And so she had to turn back. But it is snowing really bad. The snow is deep and in Charner, the people are running out of food. So many of them get together and decide to try to make to lowlands and hopes that they find some food and work there until things get better. So eventually the snow goes away and Freedom and Shadow go down mountain and she is not there. And some of the other Kayal have come back, but they did not, she's not with them and they do not know precisely what she is. And so as they are going around buying supplies to resupply the temple, they search the lowlands and they cannot find her. They do not know exactly. So eventually they have to go home, you know? And then some years go by and they not hear nothing and they not hear nothing. And then they get uh, a, a runner come up the mountain with a letter. And it is in her handwriting and it asks them to please come down to farm as quickly as possible. So they come down mountain. Well, when they get to the farm, she has uh, died. And there is a midwife that has little baby you and a letter for them. And so they take little baby you back up the mountain to raise and take care of her. And only 
But a few weeks later, Shadow died. And they tell everybody that um, he fell. But uh, the Shadow scenes, they do not believe he fell because he was very um, upset and, and uh, sad about uh, her death. And it really seemed like he probably jumped off the mountain. That is what happened. I wonder why Freedom, the old Freedom, never said anything. Maybe you were not old enough to tell you before he died? Suppose, depending on... I remember him. I was old enough at least to remember him. Perhaps he thought I was still too young and didn't pass on the information. I do not know. I know Shadow wrote a lot about her because he loved her. I wonder why your predecessor didn't. Maybe they thought you know. I assume you know. Suppose that's fair enough. Suppose it doesn't matter that much. I think it matters some, though, because she not abandoned you. She had no choice. Thank you. I suppose I should tell you one more secret then. What's that? When I read story, and I knew this was your mama. And so I also know mm, the house in China. Uh, um, nobody lives in it since. So I might bought your mama's house and kept deed for you in case you ever wanted. Thank you. I mean, it was not, I mean, it's not like I have lots of money, but I asked grandmama and she gave me money. If you look in my nightstand at the temple, the deed is there because it is your house and I did not want uh, anyone else to have it. That is very kind. It is yours by right. I do not want people to steal something from you that should be yours. I'm not sure how much use I really have of it. We do not use RS either, but the, the temple makes use of it. Thank you. But maybe someday you want to see where you were born. Maybe. Maybe there is something still there, perhaps, that you would find of interest. Maybe. But I do not think she would want uh, what is yours taken from you. That is not how my mouths are. Don't suppose I know except in theory? I only remember little bits about my mama, but everybody who knew her says I am not like her. So I still feel like I know her some. Some little bit, you know? That's good. They say she is very gentle woman and very loving woman and very um, sacrificing and they say I look a lot like her as if she was not purple you know yes I believe you get the glowing bits from your father mm-hmm because he is violet so and the only picture I have is the one that uh, Grayson threw when he was seven so it is not 
very accurate because she was not made of sticks. She was not made of what? Sticks. Oh, all right. She'll open her little locket and show him. Ah. Uh, <laughs> he was little. It's no excuse. He was trying to make me happy. It was my birthday and Papa brought me a locket and I did not have any pictures to put in it. Oh, I suppose that was good of him. He made pictures of me and him and Mama and Papa. This was when we lived way up in uh, the Duskville. That seems nice. I, I still wear it all the time. I can tell. Because you've been wearing it. Yes, but normally you cannot see it. It is under all my clothes. Who's to say I can't see through your clothes? You cannot? I probably can't. Probably. Probably. It would be unreasonable of me to be able to. It would be very unreasonable. Don't do that. <laughs> That's cheating. It's cheating. Yes, it is cheating. You're not supposed to be looking at people naked unless they want you to. No, it makes sense that if I can see through your clothes, I can see through you. Perhaps this whole time I've been utterly blind because everything is invisible to me. I do not think so. Because you just said you see my locket. Maybe it doesn't work on metal. I think they're telling me stories. It's not a story. It might be a lie, but it's not a story. You have not seen me naked. If you had, Truth would have killed you by now. I am half dead already. Well, I do not want you full dead. <laughs> but no. Either that or he would have a heart attack and fall over dead himself. That seems unreasonable. You were talking about the little vein. I, I wonder sometimes if his whole head will not explode. <laughs> this, um, I think perhaps uh, it would simply serve as a release valve to relieve some of the pressure. Oh, good. So we can do it an experiment where you see me naked and my brother either dies or goes off like a pressure cooker. We can have tranquility around to help. <laughs> How many people do I have to be naked in front of? Um, allow me to do some calculations. Uh, please. Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seems about right. Uh, I've determined that the proper number is 7,692. You have lost your mind. <laughs> But it seems to include the concept of conceptual uh, entities and not just actual entities. No, I do not take my clothes off in front of people. Well, fine. Don't take your clothes off in front of people. Take them off elsewhere. And then... <laughs> <laughs> that is not how it is. No, no, not here. <laughs> maybe, maybe at home some people see me naked, but not here. I'm just kidding. You do not trust the people on this plane with that kind of stuff. That is no. I'm from this plane. 
Only kind of. And you don't count as one of them, because you are best friend. You do not want to hurt me. No. So you are a safe person. Am I, uh, do I have a combination lock or is there a key? Mm, I think combination lock. Yes, combination lock. I'm certain of it. It's good to note down. I am a combination lock safe person. Yes, because it took me the first two years of knowing you to crack you. <laughs> this one key might have been quicker. Mm, but then everybody could figure out how to see it, sir. Only the people with the key. No, locks with keys are very easy to pick. It depends on the key. Hmm, I do not know about that. I've heard of locks that if you try and pick them without the key, they break. Maybe for some people, but not for all of them. I've heard of locks that you could try and pick them without the key and they blast you with fire. Some of us are very good at getting around such things. Maybe. Maybe I'm just not trapped well enough. Maybe you just like me better than other people and you let me in. That seems ridiculous. Preposterous, even. Mm, I wouldn't go as far as preposterous. <laughs> so are you saying I am not your favorite person? I didn't say that. I was being facetious. So I think I am your favorite person. I think you might be right. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. Hmm. Possibly. Do you let anybody else sneak into the room and wake you up in the middle of the night just so they Dozens can talk to you? Dozens, no, all at the same time. Not? Yes, they, they come not? in with you. No. <laughs> Do not share my answer. No. <laughs> no. 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 And you just got to keep repeating me because the statement is rather clear. Are you just going to keep repeating me? Because the oh statement is rather clear. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just affirming. Whatever. Better not be anybody else sneaking into your room at night. As I said, they, they all come in at the exact same time as you. No. <laughs> it's a joke. A bad one, I admit. The others cannot see you, they do not deserve to talk to you like that. It was meant to be ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Because if they cannot see you, they do not deserve to talk to you like that, and I will punch them in the nose. Well, that's rather violent. Well, just their fault for being blind. Oh, so you're saying that they walk into your fist with their nose? No, I'm saying that if they are so... Set in their way of thinking that they cannot see Ezra and they cannot hear him. Then they need to to not bother you because they do not deserve to waste your time. Only I get to waste your time. <laughs> How selfish. So? So what? It's true. 
I didn't say it wasn't. If they were not so selfish, maybe they would see you. Maybe. I have my doubts. What are you afraid of? You name it. The dark is not a scary place. It is a safe place. It is a place of comfort. To us. You do not need to be scared of such things. I am just saying, it seems like ignorance on their part. The same kind that causes people not to like me just because I am chaotic. They, they just dislike everything that is dark just because they do not understand and they do not want to understand. It's stupid. It is foolish. And so they cannot come in wasting your time when they do not care who you really are. It was just a joke. Nobody else comes in my room at night. And if they try to waste your time when they do not really care about you, then I have some words to say to them. Might they be... Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang? No. Damn. You know which doctor told me to say that? You should not know any which. Oh, it was a doctor, and I don't know which one. No. You does not matter. You're too good. Yeah. If you say so. Well, I see. I do believe we've been talking for about an hour, and we are going to have to get up. Or a new plan that we could just never leave the room. I think we would starve to death at some point. Fine, but I like you better than I like the rest of the world. Thank you. <laughs> but I also enjoy not dying of thirst and or starvation. Okay, okay, fine. I don't know about you. You, you might find it quite enjoyable. No, probably not. Who knows? It could be your hobby. No, I think that is one of the things you can only do once. I mean, it depends. Know any powerful clerics with a surplus of diamonds? Mm, no. Uh, well then, yeah, probably just once. Okay, fine. Just be prepared that tomorrow we will have breakfast and whatever it is, it will have lemon pepper on it. I think I'll survive. And so Void and Shadow lay down to sleep. And Shadow is at the big spoon. And now we return to where Rousseau is approaching Riley, trying to speak with him during watch. Um, so he approaches you shortly after y'all's watch begins. He's just like, uh, Riley. Rousseau? Talk about something. Yes, I feel like we have at least one very big thing to talk about, if not a few more things. Oh, perhaps, perhaps. Uh, that will depend on what you're thinking of, I suppose, with the more things. But I think we should perhaps, uh, not shirking our duties, of course, but uh, move off a little bit. Speak in private. A small distance, sure. My 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 company, they're very sound sleepers. Yes, and Winnie's keeping a lookout as well, so 
eyes in the sky. Brilliant. Uh, and like as y'all are walking, uh, mm-hmm. so you mentioned you're the son of someone named Verrett Morhai. Yes, Verrett uh, was my father. Don't suppose that's a common Solarian name. It's not uncommon, but it's not exactly the Joe of names in Solaria. Have you ever met another Verrett Morheim? Heard of another Verrett Morheim? Uh, not a Verrett Morheim, no. My father was the only one. Hmm. But obviously you have some association with the name. That I do. Um, uh, well, Riley, uh, I was not aware of this, and so I assume that this may be just as much a surprise to you. I do believe uh, we're brothers. Go on. What makes you say that? Because my father by siring, uh, not the one who raised me, his name was Verrett Morheim. So then where were you born? I was born in Stormbluff. Well, I'm assuming to a different mother, which would make us half-brothers if this is true. Of, yes, of, of course. I don't assume uh, that as, as young as I may have been at the time that you would have uh, just never been mentioned, especially given the sources that I have. Uh, Riley like looks Russo up and down and then just directly asks, how old are you? 24. So that'd be about five years before my time. Give or take. My father did do a fair bit of traveling. Tell me, you can multitask, can't you, Russo? More or less. Uh, Riley will uh, take a quick step back and draw his blade. Uh, roll me initiative. Yeah, sure. Oh, shit. <laughs> Should I bother? <laughs> no, 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 like, go ahead. Like, you have a shit ton of bonuses and stuff. So. It's 22. Okay, no, he goes first. Just barely. <laughs> he rolled a nat 20 and mm-hmm. is just kind of beating you. But, yeah, uh, no, that's you, cool. You do that step back. He sees what you're doing. He, like, instantly pulls his blade and, like, meets... Like, I feel like the edge is so, like, narrow that you both basically, like, kind of pull your swords up to each other at the same time. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, and basically, the uh, Riley's just going to uh, engage in basically light sword play, something to just test technique and skill, not something necessarily purely offensive um, right. uh, as I they think- talk. Uh, you would gather through this alone that um, you have accelerated in skill very quickly and he's still very good but not like he's about as good as he was when you met him before Mm -hmm. Um, which was better than you then but now you find that you're quite a bit better than him right but he's he's very tactical um, Mm -hmm. and he does uh, several times, I think he would disarm you and vice versa. Uh, sure. Through this sword play. 
I mean, uh, yeah, so if we, like, just back and forth clash and uh, um, just uh, parry off of each other and stuff like that, I think internally, um, regardless of what conversation's happening, one of the biggest things that this draws out is it, it causes Riley to uh, maybe wonder about his own skills a little bit. If what Russo's saying is true, he's a bit older, um, and we're going to, Riley's going to ask, you know, about his training in just a second. But uh, Riley has been imbued with powers from a god and has some weird mana bullshit as well. Like, he's not just a regular person at that point. So he's left to wonder where he would stand against this opponent if he were still just a regular person and what that means for his sword play. Whether or not, like, his mythic powers are kind of like a crutch or if there's something that actually belonged to him. Right. Yeah, just and, the beginning of those thoughts. Uh, I and I feel like here, and uh, here and there, um, he would he would comment about uh, you being much better than the last time y'all fought. And as these thoughts are kind of like creeping into your head, so too do a couple of voices. Um. It's not strong, not like before when you were, uh, when you, when you had a decision to make, but just in the back of your head, partly involuntary and partly just like a bit of like your imagination. Like, I think your mind jumps to at some point, what would, uh, what would mom think? And, uh, you hear like your parents bickering in the back of your head. Um... It's not so distracting as to be like problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so engage in sword play for a little bit just to like get a feel for uh, you know each other's stance and style um, before kicking back into the conversation. Riley's probably a little bit slower on the draw with the conversation at first, just because he's starting to think about all these things and um, hearing you know the the thoughts in the back of his head. Uh, just as far as his style goes, he does seem to be a little bit more focused on both disar disarming and disabling uh, his opponent as opposed to stabbing them through the fucking brain. <laughs> that, that's that's fair. Um, because, uh, yeah, as, so as I mentioned before, Riley's uh, combat style is very much um, wait for the perfect moment to strike and then make your strike count as much as possible so yeah riley's picked up the little tricks of you know flicking someone's weapon out of their hand or uh occasionally tripping people when they you know it warrants it but it, it's mostly about perfect strikes um so that's interesting and i guess that leads right into riley asking you know how'd you learn how to fight where'd you pick this up well just like most people i had someone train me uh and like he'll like try and trip you uh i'll say he fails just for sure. fluidity um, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so like you're dodging tapping back and forth mm -hmm. i had a few uh people you know just for fencing come and teach early on and then a young halfling woman with skills far beyond her uh far beyond her years come and become my tutor and 
Well, so began the long trek to a path that I've been living for years now. So all these fancy swipes and footwork is a product of formality and lessons. No, well, a little bit of it. The base. You know, any good training has a base. No, I learned from a ghost. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, Jixia, she's, uh, she's not really necessarily all that good with sword herself, nor is her uh, spectral companion. But her spectral companion uh, was one that whose name you might have heard. Hey, somebody named Quiet. Ring any bells? Uh, I want to say like Riley's guard, like he he just uh, drops uh, his uh, stance just a little bit um, before uh, refocusing himself and saying, "It's certainly strange how fate has tied these knots together." Yes, I actually just regaled my companions in a story of my father's exploits and his meeting with Quiet some time ago. Well, some years ago, Jixia came and this is how I learned about my, uh, I suppose, our father was through Quiet, who, much as her namesake, rarely speaks, but still finds a way to impart such a breadth of information. So I learned from her memories. Well, Russo, I must apologize. Here I am looking for weaknesses in your combat style and honestly judging it, but there's an exceptional amount of beauty behind it. Well, Barrett was a very good swordsman and he'll go to uh, try and disarm you and this time I'm actually going to roll. Sure. Uh, if I remember, I'm trying to remember characteristics. I don't suppose a 22 would wait. 13. Yeah, 22. <laughs> I'll get you. You gotta beat a 26. Oh, so I've gotta roll... I've gotta roll a 13 or higher. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. So, he... Uh... He, he swings bada-bada and, uh... and misses, but nonetheless, uh, continues on. It doesn't... It doesn't, like, reverse provoke at all. Like, yeah. He's very skilled at doing this. Right, right. I, I think I knew as much from our first encounter. Where we juggled rapiers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, after that exchange... Because um, I, I feel like Riley's playing the defensive a lot on this. Because it sounds like he's up against a good swordsman. Um, based on past experiences. Based on how you describe it. So getting that one really good... Hopefully a finisher of a blow. Even if it's not lethal. Um, it would take some time. And uh, honestly... Uh, for a good first part of this uh, experience is just... Seeing how this guy does. How he you know handles his disarms and all of that. So... Uh, it's patience at this point. And I think you would notice too, uh, when he does go to disarm, the tip of his rapier glows. Riley will, uh, once noticing that, I'm assuming a few blows into the combat, Riley will uh, give a, a sharp smile and say, you know, perhaps I should trade out for my backup rapier. This one is enchanted with electrical energies. I wouldn't want you to get hurt. Hmm. Well, magic versus magic, it's only fair. Then by all means. 
<laughs> and it's right back into it. So uh, since he shared his combat training, Riley will go on to say that most of what he learned, he picked up from uh, reading some of his father's journals and honestly, through self-training, through some scuffles in the streets, taught him footwork, dodging, um, counter blows. But his father's journals were all about handling the sword properly. And uh, uh, he'll... Uh, probably try to do something fancy in order to expedite his uh, victory in the sparring match like uh, parrying an incoming blow and then retorting with a uh, fancy disarm uh, just to see if he can get one over on the disarm expert over here but um, uh, either way it's very unfortunate that my father was not around to show me one on one exactly how he would handle his sword well, there's quite a bit of nuance. I don't think he passed on, and he will uh, he'll go to trip you. And uh, twenty eight. Do you have any special to trip? No, no, that'll beat me a little bit easier than disarming will. Okay, so he uh, he he spins around uh, and just takes your feet out from under you, um, <clears throat> and he will. Uh, kind of like push the tip of your sword away and offer a hand down this street footwork is good and all but it's best to have a little bit more uh experience <laughs> uh riley will uh laugh after getting tripped up and then he'll uh just uh almost uh, reach out to take the hands but then he'll kip up because that's a swashbuckler thing you can do so he'll just pop up onto his own feet and uh, bring his blades. Like, he's obviously not going to go through with it, but he, like, brings it threateningly to maybe his shoulder. And he'll say, growing up in a large city, you uh, learn not really to take anyone's hands unless you're really certain. And to be honest, Russo, I'd like to win this sparring match. Then let's both focus, shall we? And let's go ahead and just roll this bitch out and see who wins. Sure, going well, in for the probably uh, you. <laughs> Having you never know. On him and two mythic tears. I could roll like garbage. You could, and yeah. so could he. Yeah, that's right. true. Uh, I don't think that twenty-one is going to hit you. No, no, twenty-one will not hit me at base. So that makes it your turn. He only gets one attack. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's level five. Yes, that's fair. Uh, so, uh, since we, I guess, since you and I have a little bit of time, since we're kind of running late in the session, just to finish this up, uh, mechanical question. Yes. Uh, the penalty for power attack when it comes to multiple attacks, could you start the penalty for more damage on your second attack and not take it for your first? Yes, that, that is the ruling I go with is at, at before any given attack you can choose to activate power attack. Okay. Uh, so this guy misses with his first strike of us seriously trying to compete with the sparring match. So Riley's going to uh, try the maneuver that he picked up and tried to hone in when sparring with Brock, which is, uh, or I guess he's going to try to focus in on using multiple attacks, but he's going to try to disarm with his primary and then follow through with a uh, nifty little power attack secondary. Okay. So... We'll see how this guy likes uh, attempts an attempt at disarming. 
not the best roll in the world, but that's still a 28. So yes, you disarm him. Okay, so his blade lands five feet or in adjacent to square at his side, pretty much on the ground. Yeah. And then uh, Riley follows through with a... He's going to do non-lethal. I'm not going to power attack so that I can kind of counterbalance the penalty from the non-lethal. Okay. But I will still combat expertise. So total, he's doing his secondary attack at a minus four for non-lethal, the minus one for combat expertise. So a minus five. Okay. Uh, but that's only a 16. Uh, that will not hit. So Perfect. he will attempt an acrobatics check. Um, it will not be enough to prevent an attack of opportunity as he goes to like kind of cartwheel and pick up his sword. Okay, then Riley would love to take that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm still going to drop power attack. No, no, I'm not. I'm going to keep power attack on. I'm going to take the non-lethal penalty on this one. So I'll just do the full thing with an additional minus four. See if that lands. Uh, (laughs) The five and the die for a total of 15 is not going to get it. No. Okay. So he will go in for a disarm with uh, not high enough. I didn't roll a 13. So, your turn. This is is two really good sword fighters not able to hit each other. Yes. Uh, It it gives me a little bit of uh, room to kind of explore Riley's skill set because uh, instead of just double attacking every round, I'm going to try to do some things different. So this round, seeing that his uh, disarm followed by a a follow-up thrust didn't really pan out, he's going to see how... uh, well, this guy can keep his focus in combat and he's going to use his move action for improved feints and then follow that up with an attack. So I'll try the uh, feint roll first for a total of uh, 24. I'm going to say he fails. I can't remember, to be honest. So I'm going to just say he fails. Okay, so then uh, he's flat-footed for this next attack, which I'm going to keep power attack up, but I will still take the non-lethal penalties. Okay. And combat expertise. Uh, I'm keeping all all the things up. <laughs> uh, that's a total of 21. Okay. It's a hit. And he's flat-footed, so yes. Then that would be 30 damage. Jeez. <laughs> you conk him good. He's up. But you fucking conk him good. He's like, damn. <laughs> and he kind of like shake it. Like, like not shakily, but like a little discombobulated, like points the sword back up. Yeah, so I imagine it's like a pivot to one side for the feint to make it look like he's going to attack from the left, but then a quick swivel around and a very awkward smack with the rapier on maybe the shoulder blade slash neck for a nice uh, jolting uh, non-lethal damage. Uh, verily, and... Uh... <laughs> Uh, so he's going to take a slightly more defensive stance. He's going to five foot away from you, and uh, he's going to wait for you to make a move. I'm assuming he looks non-lethally bloodied? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Riley's going to also stand defensively. We'll essentially call this round a wash, and uh, he'll say, Are you sure you really wish to fight until one of us is knocked unconscious? You can call it now, friend. 
I'll, I'll give it a few more moments. We never know what will turn the tide. If he sticks the owl on me, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he, he's not going to do that to you. It'd be funny, though. But yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, Riley's round is spent standing defensive. Okay. Uh, as is his. You okay. walk around each other in a circle. Perfect. Um, let's see what I can do. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. So then, uh, walking around each other, maybe even for another round, we'll just, just for dramatic or whatever, dramatic purposes. Um, Not but even like five footing, just like, like just slowly. Moving. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Riley will definitely bite the hook that's been laid out and stride forward to, uh, see what this guy has in store. If he's readied anything. Otherwise, he's just going to kind of lunge in and try to finish it. Uh, he swipes down at your feet with uh, the tip of his rapier. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that was so close. Natural one. Do what you're going to do. Or actually, you get to try to trip him. <laughs> really? Yeah, you get to try and trip him. He rolled a one. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't think just kicking his feet out from under him is going to be too great of a roll for me, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, Sean, I shit you not, I also rolled a nat one. <laughs> so whatever happens, like Riley like yeah. jumps five yeah. feet back and we return to original standing point. <laughs> You'll run up to each other, stick your swords between your legs and wiggle them at each other's feet. No. Uh, fucking... So just nothing fucking happened. <laughs> so to Riley, it just looks like he plunged his blade into the ground a little bit. Yeah. He just like swiped at the dirt. And he's like, oh, just a little off balance. Full turn, huh? Yeah. Basically. Okay. I mean, technically you move up still. So right. Uh... So, um, okay. Yeah. Let's just, uh, Go for a base swing, power attack, combat expertise, non-lethal damage. We'll see how that caps out. Foist. For a 20 to hit. Yep. I think that hits. Oh. Okay. Uh, 29 non-lethal damage. Zonk. To the <laughs> ground. Just uh, whacking with the rapier on like the other shoulder. <laughs> just whoop! Ah! And then Riley just looks down and says, "I was just about to use some mythic energy too. This is unfortunate." <laughs> but uh, he will crouch down and just like immediately make sure that uh, Russo is actually okay. That he didn't accidentally injure him severely or something. Uh, he- he, he's alive. There's a little bit of overflow, I think, into lethal damage, but he's okay. If a anything, I'd imagine maybe the electricity may have actually burnt. Yeah. Oh, you can turn that off, by the way. Oh. Uh, Riley, like, looks over him, looks, sees a scorch that, marks oh, on his also, shoulder. <laughs> also, yeah, the electric part of the damage can't be non-lethal. So then he has a little bit of lethal damage, but, yeah. you know... Riley offered to get his other blade, and he yeah. denied. So, it's, it's all fair and good. He's very, uh, he's very up and at him about things. So he's unconscious. 
All right. Uh, <laughs> Riley's going to laugh to himself a little bit and uh, take fine measures in putting Russo's rapier into his sheath. Uh, into Russo's sheath, I should say. And then... <laughs> you that it feels very firm in your hand. Like, you, like, it would be difficult. Not, like, difficult for you to drop it, but it would be difficult to knock out of your hand. Okay. So then pause. What Riley does upon picking up the rapier, fully intending to put it in Russo's sheath, is after making sure Russo is okay, he'll stand and give his rapier a few swings. Does it feel about the same as when he held it back in their first encounter? Yeah, it was really like, uh, you know, a brief moment back then. And you weren't necessarily uh, wielding it too strongly in that thing. And I hadn't necessarily built it at that point. And, uh, uh, but yeah, it more or less feels the same. You're just paying more attention now. Sure. Can I, uh, like, make a, an untrained appraise check just to see if I can maybe just identify it? Sure. Oh, it's okay. a garbage, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, nat 20, 22. Oh, um, <laughs> it's, it is magical. Um, okay. It is worth a lot of money. It is a very expensive masterpiece um, rapier. Um, I think it has a name, but I can't remember it right now. I'll get back to you with That's you on that as soon as I can open Fantasy Grounds again. <laughs> Oh, uh, I shouldn't have even asked for this because you don't have access to your notes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll just note that it's a magical masterwork rapier and uh, write down in my notes that Sean owes me one. So you'll <laughs> tell me later. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just generally speaking, it has, I think it's called the countering uh, thing where it makes it difficult to disarm. Okay. Yes, it has countering on it. As that's a masterwork or magical quality? Magical quality. Interesting. Um, and like Riley doesn't overtly know this these details, but like I'll go ahead and tell you. Um, the countering weapon gives you a plus two bonus on your CMD against disarm and sunder on the weapon. Mm -hmm. uh, you can immediately attempt the same maneuver against the opponent without uh oh and if the attempt made on it fails the wielder can immediately attempt the same maneuver against the opponent without provoking attacks of opportunity hmm. uh, and the wielder never risks dropping his weapon when a failed disarm combat maneuver when counterattacking in this manner uh this ability can be used even if the attacker is not within the wielder's reach neat Okay, so yeah, Riley plays with that sword for a little bit before returning it to its proper owner, and uh, I think he's going to uh, drag Russo back to the uh, fire at the camp, and um, Riley's not a trained healer. He doesn't have ranks in heal, so he's just going to kind of like set him up, make sure that I his... think uh, freedom probably comes over and gives him <laughs> a little bit of healing. Okay, that works too. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if that happens, Riley's gonna ask, did we, did we wake you? Were we loud? No, I was... No, I was I was awake. Thank you. Well, then, appreciate it, friend. Don't suppose it was any great threat that caused this? No, no, we were simply testing each other's skills in a time of peace. Next time, you might want to um, deactivate the magic on 
of the shocking magic on your weapon. You uh, can do that? Uh, yes. Do you mind? And he holds out his hand. Yeah, sure. That's fine. Uh, he will attempt to identify the weapon appropriately, thus giving him a command word. Riley assists that. since he knows what the weapon is. If that's sure, fine. I'll, I'll give you that. Sure. I'll, I'll give him a flat, flat plus two. Um, Freedom so yeah, is a pretty high level, so. Yeah. Great. So he he tells you that uh, the weapon's name is no longer visible to him, but its command word is still intact. He says the magic's been transmuted in some way. It's odd. But uh, the command word is Thunderhead. Thunderhead. Okay. Noted. I wasn't aware that you just turn off the property like that. That's fascinating. Yes, and uh, given someone with enough uh, acuity with magical items, you could likely have that word change too, should you so wish. Very interesting. I'll think on that. Thank you. Um, no problem. I think I have some time. Oh, well, actually, he just healed him, so uh, Russo's probably stirring a little bit, huh? Yeah, he, he's waking up. So like, well, uh, not quite smart. You've gotten much, much stronger since the last time I fought you. <laughs> Riley uh, laughs a little bit and says, I hate to say it, but I was even holding back slightly. Oh, lovely. Yes, there there's a lot that might be worth sharing, but yes, for the sake of it right now, technically I could have done a lot more. Well, I've not been much in fighting practice as of late anyway. It's been more moving, dealing with people, organizing people. Well, it's a shame. Your technique is quite admirable, but if you're helping people, that's I think that's a worthy cause to eschew uh, your practice in swordsmanship. Not to mention uh, that the people on the road certainly don't need to be robbed right now. True enough. I can't imagine your profession as a highwayman to have taken off in the time of crisis that seems to have hit recently. No. Um, even the rich need what they take with them often now. And such things tend to help wherever they head. So, not really, uh, as you say, my profession. Not something that is needed right now. More harm than good, all that. That's fair. The well-being of the people here at this time seems to be of the utmost importance. At least I try to keep that in mind as I travel. Oh, Riley, it's, I suppose, uh, officially now. He holds out his hand. It's good to meet you, brother. It's nice to formally meet you as well, Russo, and Riley will take his hand. And I'm glad that neither of us killed each other in our first encounter. As am I. I would have only killed you by accident if you fall in and perhaps hit your head. I don't make a habit of killing people. And once I realized that you weren't out to draw blood, uh, I had no intentions of slaying you either. I'm glad you <laughs> had such admirable qualities in our first meeting and maintained them. Yes. Sorry about the scorch marks, by the way. I hadn't realized that you could turn off the electricity on this thing. 
Apology accepted. It looks like uh, Freedom was it? Uh, looks like Freedom's patched it up quite, quite well. A little sore still, but that'll fade. Yes. Well, Freedom, since you're up, would you like to take a seat and uh, join us for the watch? I'm sure we have plenty to talk about amongst the three of us. Stories to tell, things to discuss. Indeed. I needed to talk with Russo here about uh, helping at the Black Keep anyway. And I think that we may end with and pick up somewhere thereabouts next time. On Dungeon Ball Z. Wait, wait. Let's end with like uh, Freedom saying that and then uh, Riley looking across uh, over at Russo and just giving him like a, a squinty eyed knowing look that says, oh, we're going to we're going to talk more about like family stuff later. But you, you do this now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so you give him the stewy face. Uh, Fair enough. Soon. Yes. <laughs> soon. We're going to have a big powwow about our dad and how he's dead. And then I'm going to get Russo in on killing the guy who killed our dad. So when do we get to uh, see Russo take the mask off so we can see how much he and Riley favor or do not favor? Um, eventually. Uh, probably not in the big group of people. <laughs> I just he, I want to see he, I want to see if these brothers share features or not. Hmm. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. G'day, this is Dick Horney. Inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He, he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into... Elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some noise!
until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why but, the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. A hero once arose to save the world from a darkness that smothered the land. He failed. For a thousand years since, the world has been a wasteland of ash and mist, oppressed by an immortal emperor, the Lord Ruler. Every attempt at rebellion has failed miserably, yet hope remains. Two brothers learning to harness the metal-fueled magic known as Allomancy. Their aim? To tip the scales in the war against evil. Ashes and Allomancy is an actual play TTRPG podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set and is part of the Hexgrid Heroes podcast network. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on sonerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at EldritchDream, at EternaP, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody, may the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.